0: Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Give it up for Jesus all across this place. Come on, whatever you got, man, we're so happy that you're here. We're closing out nothing but a G thing. Series, and I remember recently, well, not recently, it was a couple years ago actually. I was walking through Walmart. Now, why I was there, it doesn't matter, but I was walking through Walmart and I had just got done playing basketball. So, let me paint this picture for you real quick. I'm in basketball shorts, a cut off sleeveless t shirt, and then like sandal slides. Y'all know what I'm talking about? All right, so this is, I'm in basketball attire. Lady walks up to me and says, sir, where is the whatever she was looking for? And I went, like, you think I work here? And she was like, yeah, you work. And I was like, I don't work here. She said, oh, okay. And then she wandered off. And I was like, that was peculiar. Kid you not, the next week it happened again. Basketball shorts, cutoff shirt. And a cutoff shirt on me isn't cool like it is on Abercrombie and Fitch Models, all right? (laughs) Just for the record. So, like. I'm like rocking a cutoff shirt, sandals, you know, and this time it happens. And the lady, different lady, by the way, doubles down on me. She said, where are the hammocks? And I said, I don't work here. I'm not even kidding. She looked me dead in my face and said, yes, you do. (laughs) Now, how many guys have ever experienced something where something happened to you and you look back and I was like, man, what I wish I would have said was blank. Y'all ever been there before? Convenient enough for me, it had happened a week prior. So I was ready right? She looked at me and said, yes, you do. I said, you're right. They're in the back corner on the bottom shelf. You got to get all the way on the ground. You got to see them. They're in the back. She said, thank you. I said, no problem at all. And she walked back there. She's probably still there today looking for those hammocks. (laughs) What I've realized though, is I don't know if it's, I carry myself with a certain level of confidence, what people like, think I work places. What I've also realized is now I go to places and the church has grown a little bit and like whatever. And I grew up in this city. So I literally can't go anywhere without someone recognizing me and being like, Oh, Hey, you're the pastor of that church or you're brad or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you know, whatever. So we eat and shake hands and kiss babies and all that stuff. So, but I, I'm, so that has happened more and more recently and so what I've had to do recently, because I used to, like, me and my wife would go out. If it was just me and my wife going to dinner on, like, a quick little Friday night deal, listen, I'm not putting on a button-up shirt and, like, brown shoes. Like, I'm rocking out there with a hoodie and some shorts. But now I keep seeing people. And they want me to be in pastor mode. So I'm like, so recently me and my wife had the conversation, she's like, you got to start dressing up when we go to dinner. I'm like, man, eh. like a child, you know. So, I gotta start carrying myself different. And so, n- here recently, I, was, I had to go back into Walmart. And because my wife is very cheap, y'all, she's, she's cheap. So, like, Publix is not an option for us. I would love to go there, but yeah. <laughs> so, so, I was in there recently, and there was a mom walking with her toddler. And they were in the cereal aisle. And so, they were walking, and all of a sudden, the kid asks for something. Mom says no. Kid goes ballistic laid out on the ground come on moms y'all know what I'm talking about (laughs) laid out on the ground like like crime scene style you know what I'm talking about legs are spread out, uh like tongue hanging out and so I walk up and the mom is paying no attention to this and so like you know how like people gather and it's like high school there's some people on this side looking some people on this side looking we're all like man what's going on here and so the mom's just shopping around the kid and her stuff, kids just lay down on the ground. So mom's shopping around the kid. And so uh, she's moving around him. And so a lady walks up to try to help the kid. You know, she's trying to be nice. You know, she's like, hey, baby, come on, get up. Mom said, uh uh-uh, leave him there. And she, He said, leave him there. He's got to learn something. And so the lady that was trying to help looked at me. And <laughs> she said... What does he need to learn? I said, ma'am, you see that family size box of cinnamon toast crunch? That's the only reason I'm here right now. So I don't. So if I could step over a little Johnny, I would, but I can't. We're all here. All right. What I told what I told the lady, I said, maybe what she's trying to teach him is that things don't always go your way. And that the sooner he gets off the ground, the sooner they can get back to life. And what I, what I believe many of us are running into in our Christian journey sometimes is the delay between us not getting what we prayed for and getting back to the thing God called us to. What I believe many of us as Christians are running into is the fact that we prayed and we fasted and we read our Bibles and we checked all the religious boxes so that we could leverage like poker chips our actions against the Lord and it still didn't go our way and we are dumbfounded by that. And so what, I've, what I believe we've encountered as believers is a confusion between, in regards to why God does what he does, when he does what he does, and sometimes why he doesn't do what we've asked him to do. Anybody been there? Can you get anybody relating in this house? Yes. And maybe you're online right now, and, and you're asking why you have a cat in your home. I'm asking the same question right now. <laughs> Dogs only, all right? So... But in all honesty, we've tempted to, and maybe in life, maybe you've been this way, maybe you've been tempted to react to God about the circumstances you've been going through, like the toddler, little Johnny, in the grocery store. When life didn't go your way, you look like you're in a spiritual crime scene. Just hysterical over life. And maybe you do have a little bit of a reason to be, But I believe God wants to show us something today, and that's my goal. Because in the Nothing But a Thing series today, I want to talk to you about glory, God's glory. And here's a question that I have for you. Have you ever wondered about the purpose of the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of your life? Have you ever wondered the purpose about the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of your life? I know I have. Anybody ever sat back in the recliner and just been like, God, I think you forgot about me. So seven of us. The rest of us. So no one else. Problem. Okay. Anybody ever felt like God was just kind of rearranging the universe around you, but not with you? Yes. And so we see how. And if we go into the Bible, we can see a certain things that I want to help because we just came out of Easter. And so what's interesting is how many guys can see God's glory in Jesus' birth at Christmas right like god was glorified his name was proclaimed and he was recognized as great when jesus came to the earth and went so we celebrate christmas and we're like oh man that's great god's glorified we celebrate easter jesus is risen love that god is glorified right like so we see how god is being recognized and worshiped in key moments but here's the reality there's a 33 year time span of jesus life roughly between birth and resurrection So my question to you is, do we connect God's glory to all the parts of Jesus' life that we don't celebrate twice a year? Like, I want you to think about it for a second. Just take that last week of his life. Do we look at Jesus' suffering and declare God's goodness? Do we look at his crucifixion and praise God for pain and suffering? I don't think we do at least not often, but here's the reality. God was glorified just just as much of the part of Jesus' life that the disciples didn't understand as he was glorified in the parts of Jesus' life that the disciples did understand. And what I want us to look at today is in our, if that's the case for Jesus and we're Jesus' followers, come on somebody, like if that's the case for Jesus and we're Jesus' followers, can we read into Jesus' life to understand that if God was glorified through the not so pretty aspects of Jesus' life, maybe God wants to be glorified through the not so pretty parts of ours. And so that's what I want to look you do. We go to Romans 8:28. And in this passage, Paul is talking, and he says, and we know that in all things, say all things. All so does that mean just the good things? What does it say? No. All things. God works for the good. Of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. And it jumps down to verse 30. He says, It says, those he predestined, he also called. Say called. called. And those he called, he also justified. And those that he justified, he also, what's that last word? Glorified. glorified. That means that there's a process by which God is glorified in our lives and we're glorified in him. So quickly, I want to give these things to you real quick to These four things to help you understand in Romans 8, 28, what Paul is trying to communicate to us. The first thing is that God establishes your journey. He establishes your journey. See, some of you have thought God is like just trying to be like the last minute GPS to keep you away from bad stuff. But I'm going to tell you, your journey that you've been on, God establishes your journey. Certainly there are aspects of your journey that God's like, "Mm, we probably would have planned around that. But at the end of the day, he has taken into account every dumb decision you would make in establishing your journey. Can I get an amen? amen. I mean, anybody look at your life and be like, Ur, Definitely would have not dated that person if I could go back in time. But can you also identify how God used that person to help you become the person you are today so that the person you're actually with gets the best version of you and not the worst version of you? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he establishes your journey, but then he gives you grace in the process. He gives you grace in the process. Matter of fact, I almost put it like this. He gives you grace for the process. Like God's grace shows up in your life in that whatever you need to get through today and tomorrow, he's already given you to get through today and tomorrow. I remember people come up to me and and they would go, you know, for those of you that are new, myself and my wife, we lost our son in 2018. Jesus took him home to be with him and, And he was five years old, and people come up to me all the time, and they go, I could never go through that. And I'm like, you're right, you couldn't, because God has not graced you to go through that. But whatever God did call you to go through, he has established the grace you need to go through it. So one, let me just help you out. Christians, listen to me at home in the room. Pain is not comparable. So just because somebody else has a pain that you think is worse doesn't mean you don't get to feel yours. So whatever you're going through, you get to feel it because it's not comparable. But the second thing you've got to realize is God's got enough grace for you to go through whatever he's established for you to go through. And the sooner we can say, God, give me the grace to go through it, we can stop complaining about it. All right, God, whatever you called me to. So he, he gives you the grace and the process. The third thing, though, and this is the most beautiful part, is he saves you. He saves you. Anybody ever here needs saving? Okay, that's everyone, by the way. So if you're like, mm, I don't know. No, yes, you. I'm talking to you right now. All right. He saves you. And then lastly, and this is the most beautiful part, the end, of the, the end of Romans 8.30, he is glorified in the process. So every step of the journey, he's glorified in it. So before we go any further, I just want to help you out for a second. God is glorified in your pain as much as he's glorified in your celebration. You go, I don't like that. He didn't ask our opinion. He's glorified in your pain. Let me, let me just encourage you with this for just a moment, then we're going to move on. The world needs to see Christians suffer better. The world needs to see us go through difficult things and cling to the gospel, not neglect it, because we bought into some candy cane version of God that the Bible doesn't talk about. So the, God is not, God's not a spiritual ice cream man just looking to dish out your request for $1.50 or $3. Y'all seen ice cream man like this is buck wild. <laughs> One rolls through my neighborhood every Sunday. A couple Sundays ago, I said, you know what? Let me support local businesses. <laughs> I walked out there. He said, $4.75 for a Sonic the Hedgehog? No, sir, I'm not doing this. God is not just the one that shows up in our good. He's also the one that is glorified in the difficult, painful, hard areas of our life to navigate. Because when we cling to him in the things we do not understand, we show the world we really believe what we've preached for the last 10 years. If he's not good enough in the bad, then why should we talk about him in the good? So he wants to show us this process. And so Here's what I want you to understand. Number one, there's a reason for everything in your life. There is a reason for everything in your life. You mean that abuse that I went through as a child? There's a reason for everything in your life. I'm not sitting here saying God established that abuse. What I'm saying is God will use it. Because there's a reason for everything in your life. You mean to tell me that I went through this when I was 14 and, and, and God, yeah, there's a reason for everything in your life. I'm not telling you God did it. What I'm saying is God will use it. That's why in Romans 28, he says, all things work for the good. Even the parts you don't understand, even the parts that hurt. There's a reason for everything in your life. And so the good and the bad has a reason. And here's the reason, I'm I'm giving you the cheat code in the beginning, middle, right? God wants to be glorified in your life. He wants the glory out of your life. If the gospel saves you and the gospel sustains you, but the gospel isn't the thing that shines a light on God more than it shines a light on you, you're probably looking at it wrong. So the gospel, what Jesus did, dying on the cross to save sinners, of which I am the worst, Paul says... The gospel shines a giant spotlight like the Batman signal on God and says, let's all worship him for who he is. And so there's a reason for everything in your life. I love what John Piper says. He says like this, all seasons of life are endurable because everything, even these sufferings are going to work together for our good. And that's a beautiful reality that we can come to grips with. And so the first thing I want you to grab a hold of, just like we said, there's a reason for everything in life. The second thing I want you to grab a hold of, and the truth, don't delay between the learning, the, the lesson and the learning. Don't delay between the lesson and the learning. God's teaching us something. And just like the toddler in the store, freak out mode. Which if, if someone was standing in the way of my Cinnamon Toast Crunch, just for the record, someone tried to tell me the other day that Fruity Pebbles was the best cereal ever made. I kicked them out of the church. They're no longer allowed to come back. So close second, maybe. But we all know it's CTC. All right. So, but in all seriousness, man, like, like listen, God is trying to teach us something. And so what happens in life? We go through something We deal with something. Pain enters our life. Confusion sets in. Chaos happens. The window in the glass that we're looking at life through, our circumstances that we've grown comfortable with, all of that changes at one time when something happens. And hear me in that season, God's trying to say, "I'm making you into something. I'm building you into something. I'm I'm molding you into something different. I'm going to show you that who you used to be isn't who you're going to continue to be. I want to make you bigger. I want to make you better. I want to lead you into this next phase of life and." Some of us are just laying on the ground, freaking out because we've had to let go of what's behind us. And listen to me, I've been there. Because I don't particularly care for change unless I'm in charge of it. Anybody relate? A lot of people are like, I love change. I'm like, no, you love your change. I hate when anyone else changes stuff. We're gonna do this now. I'm like, pause. Who planned this? Like so-and-so. I was like, I've seen so-and-so's yard. I'm not letting you plan nothing. No. Right? I've been to their house. They ain't planning anything. All right? like, but here's the deal. When, you've, when you delay between the lesson and the learning, you just made the gap bigger between what God's showing you and what he's actually doing. And so what if we didn't do that? Philippians 3, 13 through 14 says it like this. Brothers and sisters... I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. And it being the the life where you're free and you're pursuing God and and not trying to cling to certain things, right? But one thing I do say one thing thing. I forget what's behind and I strain towards what's ahead. I forget what's behind and I strain towards what's ahead. Now, that sounds easy, but how many of y'all will know, like, can help me understand today? It's not. Anybody ever looked at you and like, you just need to forgive and forget. Hmm. Until you see him at Target. That person that hurt you before. Or you, you see something they posted on Instagram. And all of a sudden, the thing you tried to forget is right back in front of you. Like it just happened yesterday. And here's the reality. Paul's saying, one thing I do. I got I to gotta let go. Of, if I'm going to look out there, I got to let go of what's back there. And so here's what we do. We forget what's behind. And this is the beautiful part. Look at this next part of the passage, right? Go ahead and put it on the screen. I want you guys to say these first three words with me. I press on. Now, you know why you got to press on? Because if you're pressing, you're pressing against something. So if you're going to press on, that means there's going to be resistance against pressing on. But we got to press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Like I'm pushing, man. And here's the deal. Some of us, we were talking about pushing. We're going through things. We've been through things. And here's what I'm trying to tell you today. You need to press on. That degree didn't work out. Press on. You got that pink slip, press on. You're going through some, press on. You got that doctor's note, press on. I'm not saying it's not going to affect you. I'm not saying you don't have to deal with it. What I'm saying is you can stay where you're at, but if you stay where you're at, you're not learning what God wants. If you stay where you're at, you're not becoming what God wants you to become. If you're staying where you're at, that means you're staying where you're at. And so listen to me. If you want the, the bad and the ugly to become the thing that God works out for your good, going back to Romans eight twenty eight, all things work together for the good. So if you want the bad and the ugly to then one day miraculously become the good, guess what you can't do? Stay here. You can't stay here in your pain. You can't stay here in your struggle. I know you've been dealing with it for 10 years, but listen to me. you got to stop talking about what happened, and you got to start talking about what's going to happen. you got to stop staying where you're at and start looking at where God is taking you. I know you, you went through a few things. I know it was painful. I'm not minimizing what you went through. I'm maximizing what God wants to do. And so we got to start looking at where God is leading us because as long as we live in the rearview mirror, we're never seeing what God wants to make us. So Paul says, I press on because i got to forget what's behind me. And how many of you guys know there's just always something attached to you, though, when you try to do that? It's like, y'all remember the things we used to do as kids? where there was Maybe y'all remember this, maybe not. I remember we used to go to Pigeon Forge when we were kids. We went to Gatlinburg. And there was a thing. We would tie, they would tie a bungee rope to our back. And it was an inflatable. And you would try to run as hard as you could to see how far you could get. Before it snapped you backwards at hundred mile an hour and slung you into an inflatable wall. Anybody remember that? 17? Okay, cool. So, so just to help you out, I'll explain it one more time. It's a giant inflatable thing. You put on this vest that's got a bungee cord strapped to it. And it's a competition to see how far you can make it down the inflatable runway before the bungee cord, which is at almighty tension at that second, snaps you backwards at a hundred mile an hour and flings you into an inflatable wall. I don't even know if we sign release papers for this. Like, now, like, parents are like, I don't know if I want to let them walk around. I'll just hold them all day. It's like we're getting flung into inflatable walls by the masses. I don't know if that worked out too well, but uh, whatever, we're here now. So, but all that to say is, like, for some of us, we're trying to live life with this giant thing attached to our back, and we want to know why it keeps flinging us backwards. I'm here to tell you, God wants you to cut the cord and start living in what's ahead. I press on. But hear me, look at, what, look at the reason why Paul presses on. Because there's a goal out there. You're not just pressing on for the sake of pressing on. No, 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 there's something out there. I want what's out there more than I want what's back there. Back there, it may not have been all terrible. Back there, may have been where you found the love of your life. Back there, maybe when you bought your dream home. So I'm not saying all that's got to be bad. What I'm saying is there's still a goal out there that God wants us to go after. And that's why one of the reasons pressing on can be difficult. Am I right? How many guys need someone to help you press on sometimes? Anybody ever needed someone to come alongside you and be like, you got this? Right? We all love encouragement, right? Unless it's encouragement to do stuff we don't really care to do. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you can totally lose that weight. And it's like, shut up, man. (laughs) While I'm eating pizza. They're like, you totally. I'm like, ah, we'll we'll see about that. It ain't starting today. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't resurrect a diet on a Friday. You know what I'm saying? Monday it is. So anyways, but I say all that to say we all need people to help us sometimes. We all need to be connected. And that's why groups at TC matters so much. Because you need to be connected to somebody Somebody needs to be helping you because there are some days, listen to me, you don't want to press on. And that's when you get to lean on other people and say, no, 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 we're going to press on together. And so what do we do? We do it together. And to help you know this uh, better than just my words, we got a story of our girl Jay about her TC Group's season. Last season, we want to show it to you. Go ahead and roll it, guys.
1: My name is Jade. Life before TC, I was graduating with my master's from UWF um, last spring, and I felt this pull to stay in the area. I was able to find an apartment before I found a job. After you know, solidifying the apartment and the job, I needed to find a church. And had heard about TC, um, had visited once before earlier in the year. Um, And I was like, you know, I kind of liked that church. They had a little something different going on. So I decided to come back. I actually joined two TC groups. (laughs) Um, Had never been a part of any small group ever. So I joined Freedom, and then I joined Life Unmasked on Saturdays. I went in like, okay, we're gonna put on this face, and we're gonna smile, and we're not gonna be vulnerable because we don't like to be vulnerable right away. Um, because vulnerability for me, it used to mean weakness, but um, since going through these groups, I've been able to see that vulnerability, there's strength in that. Forming these authentic relationships with people that I probably would have never spoken to, and then with TC groups, it just gives you those opportunities to actually get to know those people. I got to know Eileen more in my Saturday group and found out that she loves plants. And I had the hardest time finding people who also love house plans. Never had somebody to go house plant shopping with. And now we go all the time. Well, not all the time, don't tell Jay that. The friends that I have now, I can say for a fact, support me in every stage of my life. Both of those groups together was like a, just an explosion of freedom and unmasking. <laughs> to someone who's doubtful, just try it. You don't know until you try. And it's something about trying things with God's people. Definitely after getting baptized in January was when I was like, yeah, you need to totally be free with these people because they love you and they're they're your family. So why wouldn't you be vulnerable with family? Like church was never something that I grew up loving to go to, which is sad to say. And also sad to say it was because of the people, you know? So the people here definitely, I don't know, they're just, they're different. They're family. Um, They, they understand where you come from. They understand that we're all different, but they love you anyway.
0: And so here's the reality. We all need that. We all need that. Right? And so here's what I want you to see. This last point. That's everything that is pressing against you is putting you in the right posture. Everything that's pressing against you is putting you in the right posture. Everything. whatever's, Whatever is... Pressing against you. And here's the reason why. You ready? Because nobody in a moments of desperation ever begged God with their chest puffed out. Like, I want you to think about it for a second. Like, in moments of humility, aren't you generally in a place where you're like desperate for God? Like Anybody ever been in a place where you need a God to show up right now? Come on, help me out for a second. Like Anybody ever been there where you're like, man, I need you right now? Were you sitting there like chest puffed out like, we got this. God, if I could just have a little help. Or were you like, God, I need you right now. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is going buck wild. And if you could show up, that would be awesome. Right? Why? Because we never come to God like that with our chest out And here's the reality. This is what we deal with, right? It's always because when we go through stuff, it brings us low to a place of saying, please, God, show up. Listen, God's glory isn't just revealed in all things working together for the good that we want. And that's why I think it's so important. When we look at Romans eight twenty eight. I want you to think about the reason that Paul had to write this because he was reminding the readers because some of the things in life looked like they didn't go together. Now, I want you to think about this, and you guys can go ahead and come on up. So I want you to think about this for just a second, that how many guys have ever gotten a toy before that you had to put together? Come on, help me out for a second. Y'all, All all remember oh, y'all, listen, y'all are over 30, y'all know what it was like. These kids nowadays, it comes out of the box ready to go. Y'all remember where we, we used to have to put toys together? It's like, oh, cool, now it's a chore, right? And so anybody ever tried to put some things together and you were looking at, you were looking at it and you're like, I don't even know where this piece goes. Recently, my wife got a hammock in the backyard. And she got a hammock because she like, she wanted a little hammock. Well, we didn't have anywhere to hang a hammock. so She had to get the hammock stands. And then we got the hammock stand and the hammock. And it became a chore more than it was a joy. You know what I'm talking about? And so it comes with all these pieces. And I'm looking at this piece. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I put the whole thing together. And there's still this piece that looks pretty important. <laughs> and I'm like, she's like, where does that go? And I'm like, we literally did this together. I, you, I have to... <laughs> I have the same information you have, which, ladies, listen, if we're watching the same movie for the first time together, we have the same information you have. Asking us what's going on does us, we can't help you either, all right? That's for free. But anyway, so so I'm sitting there looking at you like, what does that do? And I'm like, oh, my God, it looks important, though. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, we haven't put the hammock on yet. I just put the stand together, which is the size of Noah's Ark, by the way. So in our backyard, this huge thing. And I'm sitting there looking at it. I'm like, man, I don't know. This looks really important. So then we go to hang the hammock on it. Right. And so you got to like, initially like, you know how you look at pictures of a hammock and it's kind of like cool. And it's just kind of sagging there. That ain't real. All right. Because if it's sagging there, when you sit on it, guess what happens? You hit the ground. All right. So it's like, we ain't swinging. Like, this is just a really big towel on the ground. So So we had to pull the hammock really tight. And then what I realized is the piece was to help you pull the poles together so that you could hang the hammock. So then it would like create tension so that when you sat on it, you were actually like swinging, which I don't know how those things are legal anyways. Those are a bigger death trap than trampolines, but whatever. So, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, but I was looking at the piece and I was like, what does this piece do? I don't know what the piece does, but it wasn't until we put the hammock on there that I went, oh, that's what this piece is for. Right? Well, here's the thing. For some of us, we're going through life and because we haven't gotten to the end, we're still asking questions about the pieces God's put around us. What is this for? And what is this for? And what is this for? And as long as you're asking what things are for, instead of just continuing to build, you'll never realize why all the pieces exist. Why is that part of my life? Well, keep going and you'll probably figure it out. Why did I go through that? Well, that's a piece. You don't understand it yet, but keep letting God create this picture, and eventually you'll go, oh, man, that makes sense. Because once we can get all the pieces in the picture, then we can see a completed picture, right? But I want you to think about what Paul's talking about for a second. Paul says all things work together for the good. Now, do you think Paul was just talking generalizations? Or do you think there was a few things going on in people's lives that they had questions about? So Paul was reminding them of something that they had already kind of forgotten, which was, hey, I know you're going through some stuff. I know things are hard right now. I know you're confused about what you've been going through, but all things work together for the good. Because in their life, they were looking at things and going, I don't see how any of this works together. Paul was answering an unasked question from people, which is, I don't understand this. And Paul's going, don't worry, all things work together for good. So if you find yourself in those places where you're asking questions, but you're not really asking them out loud, or maybe you're asking them to God, understand Paul is communicating something in Romans 8 to everyone to help them understand something that when you're asking the question, why? you already have the answer, even if it looks incomplete to you. All things are working together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. The good, the bad, and the ugly. He's working it together for your good. And so in life, that's why we look at stuff and we go, oh man, that's why that struggle was there. This last story I'll give you, I remember I was dating a girl before I married my wife. That sounded weird. <laughs> the last girl I dated before me and Ashley got together and we got married. That was way better, wasn't it? All right. Whew. That sounded, anyways, all right. That maybe me like the week prior or something. I don't know. That was, maybe it was me. Cleanup. All right. But I was, I, remember I was dating her, and it was like, it was a very painful season of my life. And there's a bunch of reasons why none of those really matter for the story, other than to tell you it was a very difficult season of life for me. And, and I went through it, and, and once I got through the season, me and, me and Ashley got together, and then we, we dated and got engaged and we got married. And I realized how that relationship made me a better husband to my wife and made me appreciate my wife. Listen, I almost got put on heart monitors from that relationship at 21 years old it was stressful and then it wasn't necessarily the person as much as there was a the number of things that surrounded it none of none of those details really matter other than to help you understand i was going through some stuff i'm going god <laughs> like i feel like i'm drowning in here this is hard this is unfortunate teary nights confusion not understanding what's going on and and even crying out to god and then once the relationship ended going like god why would you why did why was that piece of my puzzle there and then I married my amazing, beautiful, kind of hood wife that will shank you in a heartbeat. That's why I love her. Starbucks loving, French fry loving, dip everything in ketchup wife. But here's what I want you to grab a hold of. If I didn't go through what I went through, I wouldn't know how to love her better. You know what I'm saying? Now in the middle of it, I was just mad and frustrated, but now that the puzzle pieces are together, I can see what God was doing. And maybe you're going through a few things that you just don't understand right now and God's trying to say, I'll help you get through it. You need to see how we're making everything better. So what do we look at? I want to take you to 2 Corinthians four. We're going to end today. Um, It says we are hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. And then in 2 Corinthians 4:15, I want to jump down there and I want you to look at it. It says, All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to what? The glory of God. All of this that is the grace that's reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Everything that's happening to you is happening so that God's glory can be revealed to you. And so listen, just like the toddler who isn't getting his way, how we respond in life by just laying on the floor sometimes, just like the toddler who isn't getting his way, the true test of our faith in God isn't when we're getting what we want. It's when we're believing even when we can't see. Let me say that again, the true test of your faith in God, isn't when you get everything you want. It's when you're forced to believe, even when you can't see. That's why Hebrews 11:1 says faith, and I gave it to you in a different because I want you to see it the way um, I would word it. Faith is the certainty and what we hope God has waiting for us, even though we can't see it up ahead. certain, God, I believe that you've got it out there, even though I can't see it yet. What I'm going through, God, I'm believing that there's something better. I'm believing you're going to take me through it. I'm believing you're going to carry me. I'm believing you're going to do this. I can't see it yet, but I'm believing because faith gives us hope. So real faith is saying, God, I'm trusting you even when I can't see how you're going to do it. I trust you. Listen, I've sat on the edge of my bed on more than a few occasions and thought to myself, God, I trust you. I just don't trust your plan. And here's the deal. Faith is trusting him, even when you're not sure how he's going to do it. And so here's what I want you to grab a hold of as you today. The gospel helps us see that God is glorified. God is glorified in the life we give him and the life we live for him. One of the ways I phrased it, The gospel reminds us that God is glorified in every season of our lives. Everyone. So let's trust Him. Whatever you're going through, He's got you. It may be hard, it may be confusing, but I promise you, God can lead you through it. And hear me, God will be glorified through your pain. Because the good, the bad, and the ugly, the bad and the ugly, can be worked together for your good. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. So God, we come to you today and we ask you, Father, to give us great confidence in what you're doing and how you're leading us. If you're in the room today, I just feel like God wants to communicate something to you right now, that you've you've been going through it. Chaos, confusion, anxiety, swirling around in your mind and your heart today. And God wants to speak peace to the storm, not necessarily the circumstance of storm, but the storm that's inside of you. And if that's you, I want to pray for you right now. So God, I pray for every person in this room who's the storm that's been circling on the inside of our hearts and our minds, God, that you would speak to that and bring peace and confidence that you've got it. God, I pray that we would have great confidence in who you are in us and through our lives, God. So Father, I pray you help us say, we trust you. Even when we have a hard time trusting your plan, we trust you. Even when we have a hard time trusting what you're doing, we trust you because you will be glorified through our life. May you get the glory out of our lives in Jesus name if you're here today and you need God to wipe away your sins and give you a fresh start I want to pray with you right now it's very simple you want to pray that God would forgive you of the sins and that you would turn your life towards him today if that's you I want you to pray this prayer with me and everyone to pray with you say dear Jesus forgive me Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean and make me pure. I give you my life. I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that perhaps for the first time today. Awesome.